The first time that I ever saw porn, I was 13 years old. And I was actually in class next to one of my friends and we were on the computers in this class. And he told me to go onto Google and to search up Kayla Collins clean. Kayla Collins is like some, um, you know, some girl who takes like nudie pictures. And this was back 12 years ago. And I searched it up and it was just like this woman posing provocatively. She's in like some cafe. She's got like cream all over her titties and everything. And I'm literally 13 you know, years old. Like, whoa, my heart beats fast and everything. I'm in class right now. So I close it off and he's just kind of like, you know, smirking to himself. And then I get the idea. What if I write her name, but instead of writing clean at the end of it, I write dirty. And so I go home. I do that exact same thing. I go onto Google and I type in her name, but I type in dirty. And it's essentially the same kind of pictures, but this time they're like fully, fully nude. And so that was like the first experience that I ever had seeing this. I'm 13 years old, which is still a little bit late for some guys. And I was, it was a picture. It was quite tame. And naturally I did what every young guy would do at that age. I did that thing that those guys in, in, you know, in class, in sports class were saying that you could do with your penis and that was really fun. And um, I probably had like the strongest orgasm of my entire, like a fucking like. <laughs> so I started jacking off, right? Every single day after this. And at first it was very like tame, tame porn. So I used to have a PSP and I used to go onto Google on there and I'd search for some like interesting stuff. I'd search for like girls in sexy Santa costumes and I'd just be jacking off to that. And then eventually it, there was a big jump, right? I went from that and I swear to God, I went from that and I ended up finding the glory hole niche of like, which is like a really dirty niche of like people will be in a bathroom and then they'll just cut a hole there so like someone some big dick can like come through the side and some girl will be like doing shit to that so i went through like a big jump but then i kind of like gravitated back from that and then went through a lot of the normal progression of like you know then i'm watching um lesbian porn and stuff or i'm watching like mostly it was like pictures at first for a long time then it was like tame videos then it was like kind of normal videos then you know it levels up and before you know it it's three times before I've, I've even gotten out of bed. I'm a young man, I'm, I'm 17 now, I'm 18. I'm waking up, I'm not getting out of bed, I'm not doing anything productive, I'm not like, you know, rushing to go fulfill my mission or my purpose or, or to achieve some goals or to help my family or to, to build myself. I'm waking up and I'm the, the first thing that I'm doing is grabbing my phone and going onto Pornhub and jacking off. Finishing, lying around, scrolling through reddits and stuff, and then doing it again. And then again. I remember, I still remember the first time that I, I jacked off three times, like in one go. It must have taken me like hours to, you know, like you finish and then you wait a little bit and everything. I remember how like fucking dirty and sweaty that I felt afterwards. It's like this, it's this shame that, you know, when I went downstairs to make breakfast or something, my family's there, you just feel like a goblin. Like you feel like this fucking like gremlin. It's with shame that they, they control you and make you weak. And so it was around this time that NoFap started to come about online. Like, you know, people openly started to speak like this as I am to you today. It was around this time when I was 17, 18 years old, that for the first time in my life, I actually started to see a lot of people start opening up about their porn addiction, about um, getting onto NoFap and everything. And so I got onto NoFap in 2015, something like that. And it really did change my life forever. I struggled heavily, right? So exactly what happened was, you know, I'm watching all these videos online and they're saying about NoFap and all these benefits and girls will smell the retention on you and all this, right? And it sounds awesome. And, and the truth is like, <clears throat> I knew that I needed it. And I think most guys actually know this. Most guys know that they need this shit. So, okay, I'm on NoFap, age 18. I'm on NoFap, I'm gonna do NoFap. I'm gonna get to 90 days and then I'm probably just not gonna fap again because it's for losers. 24 hours later, I'm fapping. And again, I'm going to make some progress. I'm going to make progress. I'm going to make progress. 
the next day I'm fapping. Being stuck in this cycle where you have no control over your sexual impulses. What it does to a man is, is horrible. It was, it felt like this, it felt like a full-time job being on NoFap and constantly just snapping back, back to, to relapsing, back to... Back to failure, back to struggle. Twenty-four hours later, relapse. Get up to three days this time, so fucking horny. Relapse, 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 relapse. Constantly getting to three days, then then messing up again. Three days, then messing up again. Three days, then messing up again. And that's when I... That's when I started to realize the truth of this. And that's when I started to realize how to actually do nofap properly. And how to go about your porn addiction. It was a change in identity. I stopped seeing myself as the guy who's trying to quit porn. I stopped seeing myself as the guy on NoFap. And I started instead to just see myself, sounds cringe as fuck, but I was 18, to see myself as the alpha male who fucks the girls instead of the beta male who just jacks off his dick. It sounds cringe, I was 18 years old when I said this, so obviously it's fine. I started to just see myself in that way. Like I used to almost like daydream about, okay, I am this guy now. I'm this guy. I'm the alpha male now. I'm the alpha male. I'm not some beta male who, who like, you know, some little monkey who has to jack his dick off instead of getting the girl. I get the girl. I get the girl. And almost instantly I'm now getting up to day seven, day eight, day nine, day 10. Then suddenly it starts getting weeks and weeks and weeks and Pretty much I'm just not watching porn or fapping anymore. And the only time that I was actually like ejaculating was when I was actually having sex. So suddenly it's like, okay, that's probably the best case scenario. That's how I personally fixed my, my no fap and porn addiction, which I think haunts so many men. And so today I want to, I want to synthesize 10 books that are on porn addiction and take, you know, a lesson from each book and I give you some of my input on it. The first book is The Porn Circuit by Sam Alebrando. And one tip that he says is important is to seek professional help to get therapy and counseling. This is a quite a, a, like a well-known book on this space. I don't like this advice. Honestly, I don't personally like this advice. This, this per, like, seek professional help, go see a doctor. Like these, these are the things that sound really smart and you're almost crazy to criticize this advice and, and you know, normies and like fucking Jeffries and the, the, the weak people of the world who can never question anything. But if you ever, like the way I'm talking right now scares a lot of people when I'm saying like, yeah, seeking professional help isn't as, as positive as you think it is. Because as someone who's been through therapy, it's not as effective as you think it is. Go and actually look at the therapy statistics. It's not, one, it's not as effective as you think it is. Two, it's expensive as fuck. And three, it's it's, for a lot of people, it makes their condition worse because every day, like a dickhead, you're there saying like, oh yeah, and this is my problem. I'm a fapper. I, uh, uh, you know, my name's Hamza and I'm an al alcoholic. That's not good for you to talk about your problem. If talking about your problems, then, you know, like feminine women who talk about their problems and like to complain and stuff, all their problems would be solved if talking about them was helpful. Right? If talking about your problems was helpful, a lot of people's problems would be solved, but it's not that simple. And you can follow some psychological framework that was made in some university, but still, there's way more effective ways to go through it, in my opinion. And, and I am I'm a big advocate of self-improvement and not of like professional help when it comes to therapy and counseling. I know this is going to seem a bit backwards and a lot of people won't understand this, but chances are if you're watching my video, you will. 
I think sometimes you need to endure the pain. Sometimes you can't just hope for this easy way out thinking, yeah, I'll just go take some medication. Yeah, I'll just go to therapy. Yeah, I'll just go to see a doctor. Sometimes you need to, Winston Churchill says this, if, if you find yourself going through hell, keep going. The second book is The Porn Trap by Wendy and Larry Maltz. And they've said to set clear boundaries about how you'd use the internet and technology. And this is actually relevant to me. So when I was trying to first get onto NoFap and stop watching porn, and you know, I kept on relapsing every day, 22 days or something. You know, the big mistake that I made, which you, you might be making, right? I changed nothing apart from like the goal of wanting to not to fap, right? I changed nothing else. I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm on NoFap now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to fap anymore, yeah? I'm not going to watch porn anymore, right? But I didn't change anything else. So guess at what time I kept on relapsing. First thing in the morning, because I didn't change my habits, I'd grab my um, my phone straight and, you know, I'm not going to watch porn. I'm just going to scroll down Reddit. And usually there's porn up there. But, you know, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm literally in the environment where I fap. I'm using, like, the device that I use, the internet, um, social media platform and everything. I'm just scrolling and, oh, there's the first post. Like, I just click on it randomly, you know, like, without even thinking about it. You click on it. Okay, there's a pair of titties. Now, now I'm horny. I didn't actually set boundaries for a while. I struggled like this. I just kept on relapsing. And it, it took me a while to realize this, that you need to actually think of some kind of restrictions you can place on yourself or like just restriction sounds too too negative but like more of a boundary that you can place on your habits so that you don't actually end up in the exact scenario where you keep fapping so for me it was when i was lying down all underneath my covers nice and warm and in comfort scrolling on reddit which would eventually lead to like porn that's like come on that's a recipe for disaster it didn't occur to me that i needed to set some kind of boundary to think yeah it's fucking stupid to keep doing this habit if i'm gonna keep on um if I'm going to stay on NoFap. You need to figure out right now, what is some kind of boundary that you can place on your devices on the internet? Because think about it, you only have a porn addiction because of the internet, right? You only have one because that. it's very unlikely that you're going through like your dad's old magazines right now. It's very unlikely that you're actually going to the store to buy some VHS tapes, right? So it's literally your porn addiction is literally coming from like one or two devices, your computer or your phone, right? So we need to set some kind of boundaries for that. Now, a lot of people recommend to get porn blockers and to get the website blockers. And for some people that seems to work to a nice level. I'd never liked that idea because I had downloaded, I you know, followed the craze. I download the, um, the porn blocker. Oh, you can't go to pornhub.com. Oh, wow. It's blocked me from going to pornhub.com. Oh man. If there was only a hundred million other porn sites that I could go to, Oh, it's blocked all of the porn sites. Oh man, if there was only 20 different social media sites that I could go to that has porn, I don't think blocking it and stopping yourself from being able to go there is like in this kind of way, it's, it's kind of like just putting a blindfold over your eye. I think the more, I think the better way is for you to like set a psychological boundary not some kind of technological one because sweet we like we should use technology to make our life easy okay sweet but i think a lot more power comes in the psychological boundary that you can place on yourself and you, you say these words to yourself like i'm not going to go on this app anymore i don't need this app which you know tiktok which is where i end up fapping I'm not going to put myself physically in that environment where I usually do fap. So I'm not going to just go sit in the toilet, just scrolling, pretending to have a shit, just scrolling and scrolling because that's when I usually fap. Or I'm not just going to go lie down in the middle of the day like some depressed little fucking goblin anymore because I'm not like that. I'm just going to have a boundary. I'm not going to do that anymore. Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson is a really famous book and this is one that a lot of people speak about. And he talks about finding healthier ways to cope. So there's a chapter in this where he he pretty much just says, like, get onto self-improvement instead of watching porn and, and fapping. Find healthier ways to cope. I don't really like the word cope because it it means that, you know, we're, we're it's something to cope with. It's something that we're struggling with. It's something that we need. There's a lack when we're not watching porn. There's a lack when we're not fapping or something, which I, I don't like that that thinking. And so I think find like healthier outlets for your energy 
and also find healthier habits. So you sh your day should be 100% productive. This is like, you wanna know, honestly, the brutal fact, honestly, which pisses a lot of people off. You wanna quit porn, you wanna quit fapping, you wanna get all the success that you want, you wanna build yourself up to be attractive, make money, get girls, you wanna know all, like really the fucking real secret to this, bro. Have a day that's 100% productive. All the, like, the weak, seemingly like left-wing people who have got skinny necks and low testosterone that they don't like this advice and they always criticize me and they always say like oh well, you, your day shouldn't just be productive and stuff you should you know you should rest and i'm like rest is productive you dumbass oh no but you you should also play video games video games up no they're not your day should be 100 productive your, your calendar like you should have a blocked military routine like you know what you're doing at every hour of the day Right, right here, right now, I know what I'm doing at every hour of the day because my calendar's already set. I have a video that's on my channel, you can go look. I'm not gonna link it, but you, you can just go look. And it's about monk mode, productivity, 2023, like it, the thumbnails, like a picture of my face and it says like, oh, he left and he came back successful or something, right? Go and have a look at how I speak about the calendar and the military routine in there. You need to be productive 100% of the day. This is this is what men are supposed to be like. Honestly, this is what, like a man is supposed to get to a certain age, at, like literally age 13, you're supposed to be a man in my opinion. You're supposed to go work and literally just fucking work all day and be productive all day. Now you don't, that doesn't mean that you need to like, you know, grind hardcore, 16 hour days and be sleep deprived because being productive also means sleeping well. It also means going out into nature, but it just means that you're not wasting any time because that is a sin. Wasting time watching fucking Rick and Morty is a sin. Watching pointless videos that you're not going to use just to fill up the time is a sin. 100% of your day should be productive. That does not mean that you need to like, you know, like grind at the same task or study for 15 hours a day, you should have some kind of balance. You should still go to the gym because that's productive. You should still eat because that's productive. You should still meditate because that's productive. But when you set up this productive, like military style routine, this timetable, this like, okay, day by day, exactly, this is what we're gonna do. It's, it's hard to even consider to be a, a wanker, honestly. It's hard to be one at that point because you, you're, you know, like you have this extra level of accountability. You know exactly what you should do at all given times. I know that I'm going to record till 8.30 a.m. today. And so not only am I, you know, I'm, I'm away from porn and fapping and stuff, but when you know exactly what you're going to do at all hours of the day, you automatically just start to go and do it. You have this extra resistance to doing anything that isn't in your calendar, which means it's even harder for you to go and fap and watch porn because you know what you could be doing right now. Find, like, I would say, not a healthy way to cope, but I would say, like, set up a healthy, masculine, disciplined, military-style timetable, routine, calendar. Once your energy's going in there and you've got other things to do that are actually healthy for you, that are productive for you and your goals and your mission and your purpose, I think you're going to be less likely to find yourself, like, falling back into porn. Rewired is another book. It's by Erica Spiel, Spielman. And she talks about uh, mindfulness in this. So mindfulness is something that's really helped me. And I think it would really, really help any guy who's struggling from this situation. You've probably heard of it before, but let me explain it to you in a completely different way. Mindfulness is the reward of meditation. So we need to just focus on meditation. Meditation, there's, there's hundreds of different, thousands of different ways to meditate, but I'm just gonna teach you the one that you probably care about the most, which is gonna help you with addictions, with porn, it's gonna make you more successful, more focused and, and have like negative thoughts, right? And the, the kind of meditation that we're gonna do, this a simple step-by-step -step framework, which no one else has ever spoke about. But as soon as you hear this, it's just gonna click, right? So step one is to, okay, start meditating. So we just focus on something like our breath. Do this with me, right? Just focus on your breath. This is step one. Step one is when we're focusing on the breath and we literally just feel like, just feel it right so just pick one spot in your physical body where you literally just want to focus imagine one millimeter so you could pick like right here on your nose or you could pick like on your stomach or wherever you want to do so just focus on one spot and just breathe that's step one step two is invisible step two actually happens without you realizing it and it's when your mind goes away from the thought so literally usually within some milliseconds like usually within a second or two when we're focusing on the breath we're focusing on that exact millimeter of somewhere on on our skin for example 
Our mind will go somewhere else and we'll start to think of other things and we don't actually realize it yet because when your mind goes somewhere else, it's almost like you are that you feel like you are the thought at that point. And so you are indulging in the thought and you don't really, you're not very aware that you are thinking. And so for step two, that's when your mind wanders. Now, step three is when you actually become consciously aware that your mind has wandered. It's that that aha moment of like, oh, I have drifted away into thoughts. Man, I suck at meditation. But instead of feeling bad about it and thinking, oh, I'm not able to focus, you realize that actually step four is when we just return back to the original point. Step four Straight after when we get the thought, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm deep in thought right now. Step four is simply, okay, come back to the breath. Return back to the breath. This bit here, returning back to the breath, that's like one rep. That's one push-up. That's one bicep curl for the brain. This is the process. You need to go through this. A lot of guys try and meditate and then get upset when they can't be focused. But you need to go through this. And the better you get a meditation, the faster that you'll get one rep. You start by focusing on that exact spot somewhere in your body and just feel your breath. Within literally a few seconds, you don't even realize it just yet. Obviously, we're very aware that we're doing this. But within a few seconds, your mind will just wander. Then you'll realize your mind is wandering. You'll get that moment of like, oh, I was deep in thought. And then all you have to do is just return back to that exact place that you were previously focusing on. And just completing this is one rep. Do that a thousand times. Like complete this four step cycle a thousand times. And you will literally see like a significant difference of a significant improvement of how mindful you are. And the more mindful you are, the more all of your life gets better. But really how mindfulness is used to overcome addictions because it's one of the most effective addiction treatments is that it kind of feels like it gives you more control over your cravings. So often, like sometimes we get these hard cravings that eventually just wear us down until eventually we just go and do the bad habit, right? Mindfulness, like the more mindful you become, it's like the stronger you get to be able to just ignore those cravings, to be able to just like understand that you don't have to actually submit to the craving and it just does less to you. So imagine this, right? You have impulses, which are usually bad, right? Usually like most of our impulses are quite negative in the modern day. They're very like, you know, short term instant gratification, right? Mindfulness gives you impulse control. So when you want to go and do that thing, that's not good for the long term, which is an impulse because you can get it right now mindfulness helps you with impulse control by pushing what you want further and further away because you understand that delaying gratification being patient going for your long-term goal is better so literally we could set up a study this has been done so many times but we could set up a study where we just get two participants and we just ask them do you want this chocolate bar the people who meditate are more likely to say no because it's not healthy for them. It's simple as that. If you meditate, the reason why it's genuinely a superpower is because you're literally like, it helps your impulse control. If you've ever heard of the term impulse control, that is incredible. Amazing. Alex Hamosi, an author, well, an entrepreneur and an author I really like, he ended up looking into a bunch of uh, really, really successful people. He's talking about billionaires, right? And he said, they've got three traits in common they have a superiority complex, they're very insecure, and they also have impulse control. So they think they're better than everyone else, but they've got deep-rooted insecurity that they feel like they need to prove it, and they've got impulse control so that they're able to delay gratification. That makes a billionaire. These two things are psychological things, that's a different video, but impulse control is 33% of being a billionaire, of being a millionaire, of whatever success that you want, a lot of it's gonna come from you literally just choosing to wait for the long-term goal, isn't it, right? It's gonna be delayed gratification. Mindfulness is delayed gratification. Mindfulness lets you delay gratification. If there's one major thing that allows you to choose that, that second marshmallow, it's mindfulness. And so practice mindfulness, start meditating. So there's a free app that you can use and it's called Medito. And you can also just follow my meditation. It's a video on YouTube. Just search like Hamza 10 minute meditation onto YouTube where I literally just tell you to breathe alongside me. So it's literally just me every three seconds just saying like breathe, exhale, inhale, exhale. And you just follow along and you like deep breathe with me and you can follow that. Or you can use the app that I use, which is Medito, M-E-D-I-T-O. And that's a really, really good app. My lights just like stopped working. This this is fucking low budget productions, honestly. I'm I'm here, I've got allergies, I keep like using fucking toilet paper to wipe my allergies on there. <laughs> so 
There is then a book, Breaking the Cycle by George Collins, and he spoke about a support system. So having people, like other people who can help you overcome this addiction. This feels cringe, honestly. I don't have the confidence to ask someone in my real life, hi, I've got a porn addiction, can you help me? But this is why I think internet communities are really good because if you go onto, for example, there's subreddits for this, there's online blogs for this, there's Discord, like my, I've got a big Discord server, you can just find the link somewhere that's got 200,000 guys in and some, you know, there's a page for on there for like NoFap and everything. I've got a private community, which is like super fucking expensive. So you probably can't afford it. But in there, we'll speak about these things as well. And people get to like actually hop on a video call with me and ask me questions. When you have a support network, when you have like other people who can help you with this, and mostly, honestly, when you can just speak to someone and kind of have someone who's more experienced than you guide you through the like the thing that you need to do, that becomes really valuable. But I actually genuinely think that well, I, I, this is going to be controversial as fuck, but honestly, I, I genuinely think that getting coaching from someone is more valuable than therapy. Therapy is very wishy-washy. We're not going to do any practical shit. It's very feminine, right? Coaching is like, okay, you would tell me what the problem is and I would sit here and listen to you. And you would ask me like, and you know, so this is why I'm struggling. I just keep, you know, fapping every three days, every time, you know, like I go onto Reddit. Do you think I should stop using Reddit? And a good coach would say, what do you think? And you'll say, yeah, I should probably stop using Reddit because, you know, that's when, that's when I stop. You know, I should probably stop using TikTok because that's when I, that's when I fap. But like, you know, I, I've got to use TikTok for my business, then a good coach would say. Is there a way that you can still use TikTok for your business, but you wouldn't be in the vulnerable situation of ending up watching porn? Oh yeah, well, you know, there's this other app where you can't even see any of the, the content on TikTok. Or I can use the TikTok website, actually, and you can't even see anything there. I can just upload it there, actually. Yeah, I can try that from now on. Like that. When you've got like people, especially someone who's who's multiple steps ahead of you and you get to ask him for advice, it's like he's already paved the way, he's cleared the jungle already, so all you have to do is just do what he says. And if he's like a good enough coach or mentor, that's fantastic. This is again, by, by the same guy, fucking love Alex Amosi, bro. But by the same guy, he is right now the biggest advocator for investing into mentorships and coaching to spend money his words is spend aggressively on mentorships coaching community um education all this stuff right and i'm not even just bringing this up just because i sell my own stuff here but my stuff is really fucking expensive so you, you probably can't afford it most people can't afford it but that's fine because my private community only has like 200 guys in which means that okay we're actually very close to each other for reference so my private community at honest academy has 200 guys we're close it's our support system where people can come in and speak about things like porn addiction my discord community has 200,000 guys we're not close in there it's just like a big fucking global platform so that's why I, I genuinely think if you've got the money for it right now you should look for like some kind of porn community and I'm not even just saying mine mine isn't really specifically about porn mine's just like self-improvement for men come meet me in person hop on video calls with me and stuff but I'm sure that there's going to be I've not joined any but I'm sure there's going to be like some actual like anti like you know quitting porn um communities mentorships coaching if i if you had like a hundred dollars or if i had a hundred dollars 100 bro i'd be literally looking online right now finding someone who's giving good porn advice and literally going on to calls with them asking them to mentor me seeing if they've got some programs and courses and stuff and just you'd want to be around other people who are going through the same problem and especially to be leaded by someone who has already solved the problem that you're going through so i think a support system is is 10 out of 10 and if you've got the money for it go and invest in one if not there's so many free discord servers out there and you can literally just you know message people and hop on calls with them and make your own support system for free you know one thing which it it reminds me here is jordan peterson said that you have to take responsibility for your life and you cannot blame addictions and problems and adversities onto other people because it's, it's very easy at this point when we're talking about support system to, to get upset here. A lot of guys will do this. Like, you know, they'll be like, oh, woe is me. I don't have anyone. And you can't, you have to take responsibility for that. Honestly, I don't think there's a, a reason right now for you to not have some kind of support system or, or online community. Like there's so many online for free, for literally not mine, but I'm just saying there's free communities. You should be like a social active part of at least one of those because social connection having a support system, having people you can speak to about your problems, having other people that you can help. It's one of the most important parts of life. If you ever looked at research for like life happiness, 
literally always at the top is social connection. It's literally just having people in your life. And so many guys just live these, these quiet lives of desperation. So many guys just live lonely, alone. Like you're an island. Men are not meant to be islands. The Porn Myth by Matt Farad. So one of the things in this book was that he mentioned that we should just learn more about addiction, like addiction science. And when I was reading, like I read a summary of this book and I read somewhere, okay, Matt Farad, the, the porn myth. To learn more about addictions, I think there's one guy that we should go to and it is Andrew Huberman. You've probably seen him before. The YouTube channel is Huberman Lab, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N, Huberman Lab. And he has a bunch of full length podcasts. This is literally one of the best podcasters in the entire world, in my opinion. And he's got multiple full length podcasts, one on an addiction in general, where he explains like what happens to your neurons and everything. And it sounds complex, but when he's explaining it to you and you get this like knowledge, this aha moment, it's like, oh, that's why that thing is happening to me. So, oh, okay, so I could probably do this thing instead. And that thing wouldn't happen to me. You know, you it's education. Think about how, like you've always heard of how important education is and not like the school system, but just how important knowledge and wisdom is, right? You've always heard this. And so we can go get this shit for free online. So Huberman has one on, on addiction. He's got multiple, I think, on specific porn. If you're watching this video right now and you're, you're still struggling with porn, bro, and you've not watched this podcast, you're literally, it's all for free. It's genuinely for free. It's worth thousands of dollars to watch a few of his episodes. Go search up Huberman Lab, Lab Porn Addiction. And just go see, like literally the full left ones, just put them on whilst you eat, put them on whilst you just kind of like, you know, just wait, waiting around for something, put them on whilst you're commuting, whilst you're running and stuff like, well, I don't know why people wouldn't go and get like really good knowledge on the problem that they're, they're trying to solve these days. So learn about addiction. The next book is Pornography, Pornography, am I saying that weird? Pornography, Addiction, Breaking the Chains by David J. And he mentioned like this psychological, like he, he said to practice self-compassion, to essentially understand like we're actually going through something difficult here and that we should feel positive and caring about ourselves. Self-compassion is something that honestly, it sounds like it's for pussies, doesn't it? It sounds like it's like some weak shit, but honestly, it's actually something that I think I'm, I'm very high in. So I think in, in a lot of ways, I have a lot of masculine, like hard discipline traits, like shut the fuck up, pussy, go and do the work. But I also have a very high level of self-compassion that when I'm going through something difficult, I put it into perspective and realize like, oh, this is actually quite an uphill battle. This is actually like, you know, like I'm just being fair. It is actually hard. So when I was trying to quit porn and when I was also trying to quit social media and I kept on failing, I kept on relapsing. And you know, there was points when I would like belittle myself. There was points when I would actually say negative things about myself. You probably are doing the exact same, right? So that, that fucking exact situation where I'd wake up, I'd stay lying down in bed sideways, just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and hoping to find porn. And oh, look, there's porn. I'll, I'll click on this name here. I'll click on this profile. I'll, I'll do this. You know, you go down the fucking rabbit hole. We've all been there. By the end of it, you're, you're looking at some like big titty Asian woman or something like that. You know, you're just down the rabbit hole. And after you've messed up on this goal, I often did like a straight, like honestly, it got to the point when I wasn't even getting post nut clarity. I was getting intranut clarity with with the the negative thoughts would happen as i was literally nutting like I literally like i'm not trying to get detailed but in the moments of climax that's when the negative thought i would i didn't even get like the 10 seconds of bliss anymore bro so i started to feel shit what the fuck am i doing shame and like oh this is gross oh like you're a fucking loser and you're, you're like oh I'm, I'm so powerless towards this you know these things that we say to ourselves is that gonna help you Think about it. If you're convincing yourself that you're a loser, that you're powerless, that this is a, such a huge problem, is that going to help you to feel like the kind of guy who doesn't need porn? Because the kind of guy who needs porn usually feels like a bit of a loser. And so telling our, like belittling ourselves, I realized wasn't going to work. And around the time 
when I was like 19 or something, that's when I started to really practice a lot more self-compassion. And I had like this, this childlike energy come back to me where I started to understand the problems I was going through and realize like, I have to be my own best friend. And like, I'm gonna push myself hard and I'm gonna get annoyed when like I'm being a pussy. But at the same time, I, I, I do wanna be nice to myself. I wanna have like a nice, positive, like healthy, happy, pleasant, joyful, cheerful mind as many times as possible because I don't want to live in a state of like constant like negativity. It's just not how I wanted to live. And so I started to actually like, I started to speak to myself in a way that honestly most people watching, maybe not this, but like most people in general would find it so cringe and uncomfortable. Honestly, I started to speak to myself as if I was a fucking legend I know it's gonna sound cringe, but literally the term like alpha male meant a lot to me. This was when I was 18 and 19. I had lived my entire life like a fucking loser, okay? I had literally been the, the guy who'd been playing video games, who who never was able to like even speak to girls, never mind actually attract them. The few times I had confidence enough to go and speak to a girl, I'd fuck it up so badly. And you know, I, I really had a lot of negativity. I didn't do well in school, so my parents used to fucking beat my ass. So I, you know, I had a lot of reasons to be negative. And so, I could listen to everyone else and be like this fucking mundane guy who doesn't even think positive about himself because that's a bit cringe and it makes people uncomfortable. Or I could start to delude myself and think, yeah, I'm a fucking legend. I would look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm a legend. I would flex my muscles when I didn't, when it, I wasn't even that big. And I would literally say to myself, yeah, I'm such an alpha male and stuff. And this sounds so fucking cringe to like the heartless motherfuckers out there who don't, like they don't know what we're actually going through because I'm telling you right now that if you're anything like me doing this in private and you don't have to tell anyone, you don't have to show anyone, but the next time you walk in front of a mirror, literally think to yourself like, yeah, I am a fucking legend. Look at the type of content that I'm consuming compared to my friends who are still Jeffries. I'm, I'm actually trying to quit watching porn when over 2 billion men in the world are completely complacent with it. I'm gonna be successful as fuck. I am a legend. I am a beast. I am an alpha male. And, and this sounds so cringe, but it helped me. It, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't do these cringe affirmations. If I didn't, like, in a cringe way, consider myself to be like an alpha male before I was one. I was still a pussy. I was still an alcoholic. I was addicted to drugs at the time when I was saying this. I didn't even have that much muscle that I was flexing, but it helped. Because suddenly, when I would say these things to myself, it's like I wanted to then ingrain this new identity, this new personality, these habits to make this real. And so then I'd go to the gym straight afterwards. And so then I'd throw my phone away. You know, when I was thinking about watching porn and I'm just doing the death scroll, start like suddenly like the cringe thought, the cringe thought would pop into my mind as I'm scrolling. I'd throw the phone away. But like, yeah, I'm not some beta male who's going to start watching porn again. I'm not a beta male. I'm not a beta male. And it helped. I never told anyone I was thinking about these things up until I started this YouTube channel. And I'm like, I'm past doing that now because I've just, you know, it's a part of my personality. I am who I am now. And I've already made in like fantastic progress. But I'm telling you right now, if I listened to all these pussies who are telling you that this is cringe, that you shouldn't like talk highly of yourself, that you should just like belittle yourself, that if you talk about your successes, that's a bad thing, you're egotistical. The amount of people who've called me egotistical, arrogant, narcissist, and they're all still fucking losers but I'm actually loving my life now. So you can choose, you can be the guy who's in safety, who's so reserved because there's a few people who are judging you every time you've tried to show a bit more confidence. There's a few people who judge you. So you can be in their cage for the rest of your life if you want, or you can destroy their perceptions of you and go live the life that you actually want. You need to destroy someone's perceptions. Either you destroy yourself and live a fucking shell of a life, or you destroy the perceptions of the of the people that you don't even like anyway, who are saying that, you know, trying to be ultra confident is a bad thing. Especially for young men, especially when you're just trying to find yourself and you need like an extra wind in your life. You need like an extra, like gust, like some fire in your belly. You need to think of yourself highly. In the modern day, this is seen as so bad, but I'm telling you right now, every king, every great leader saw themselves as, as almost like a living God. Every single one. You don't get to a place of, of superiority without that, this bell curve of, of, we can say, ego. You need to get to the top of this bell curve of like literally, you know, saying I'm the best, I'm the greatest ever. Bro, go watch any, go watch any fucking athlete that you look up to. There's gonna be a period you can watch in their interviews where they're literally saying, I'm the best ever, I'm the greatest. God put me on this earth to be, to win this sport. Every single one of them, every great leader, every conqueror has been at the top of this bell curve of like, of, 
self-compassion to a level that's narcissistic and then once you start to get because that's what causes the success right that's that feeling of superiority that Alex Mosey talks about that's what causes the success it's this this arrogant self-belief that you you deserve more so I will get there because that causes this weird feeling where you're like wait I don't I'm not there just yet and there's extra tension so you get there eventually and so every guy goes to the top of this bell curve and then you start to get the success that you wanted all this time and then you kind of level off and you don't really need to use this like alpha male personality anymore and you just are who you are because now you've already achieved the success and maybe we, when you go down a little bit and you're, you're achieving the success naturally maybe you should consider getting fucking 10 times more arrogant again because that's what caused the success in the first place who knows but i'm telling you right now most guys that i every guy that i know has been at the top of this bell curve at, at some point and a lot of them won't ever admit it because it sounds cringe to say like you know to be arrogant to be narcissistic because we know that weak people in the modern day don't re don't really respect that but it's for your own benefit. You should have, you should be so self-compassionate that people think you're weird for how much you love you. That the average mediocre person thinks you're weird. The Power of Meaning by Emily S. Fanti. So this was, this was just about addiction and like recovery from like drugs and stuff in general. But I like this one because this was actually one of the few porn addiction books that I could find that actually mentioned meaning and purpose. So we should find meaning and purpose in our lives. And I don't really just want to, I don't want to actually summarize what purpose is. I recorded a one and a half hour video where I explained purpose. It's on my channel. I'm not going to, I can't be bothered to link it or anything, but it's on my channel and it's just called, um, how purpose works, full guide to purpose, something like that. You can literally just go search onto YouTube, Hamza Purpose, and they'll pop up. And I highly recommend you watch that. I spent quite a while, I spent about a week preparing my thoughts for that video. And if you've ever heard of the, the term before, like purpose, and you've heard it with guys in my niche, in my area, you probably are interested and it probably would help you. When you find your purpose, things start to align in a very, very nice way. The Porn Addiction Cure by Joshua Shear. He said, create healthy habits. And so this is similar to what we were talking about before with the um, the healthier ways to cope. I, can, I think we can just merge these two, but create healthy habits, literally just, you know, set up the day. Like I said, with the, the military timetable. And if you're interested in that, when I was talking before about the military timetable, the, the calendar and everything, that's the monk mode video that I recently posted on, on my channel. So you can go have a look at that. So we'll, we'll skip this one. But what I will say is one thing that I learned from Atomic Habits by James Clear was that perhaps one of the best ways to actually get rid of a bad habit. So, you know, porn and, and fapping is a bad habit. One of the best ways to get rid of it is to simply just replace it not like just get rid of it you know i, I try to i try to sorry to get rid of my porn addiction right my fapping addiction i tried to get rid of it without replacing it with anything and so i i found myself in the exact literally imagine that right imagine the guy who's trying to quit porn but he's lying down underneath his covers and scrolling on the exact social media that he usually jacks off to it's not gonna work is it so i tried to get rid of the bad habit without implementing a new one and it was interesting that actually when I started to go to the gym in the mornings, so first thing in the morning, I'd wake up, I'd, I'd poop, I'd brush my teeth and I'd go train fasted, right? When I started to do that, and so obviously I wasn't going to spend time like, you know, lying down in bed because I just wanted to wake up and go work out. I stopped fapping anywhere near as much. Replace the bad habits for the good one. So think about right now, what it, what is like that habit that the often time that you fap? Maybe it's a specific time, it's a specific area, it's the apps that you use, it's a specific feeling. That's a habit, right? Replace that habit with something. For me, it was easy because I usually would wake up and fap. And so all I had to do was just wake up and go to the gym instead. For you, let's say if you end up fapping at like 6 p.m., you or every, you know differently there's, there's going to be something that's consistent something that's habitual maybe it's the feeling that you get maybe it's the thought maybe it's some kind of trigger that you're on youtube and you see this this thumbnail or you know you go onto social media you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling oh there's a girl doing a little fucking tiktok dance or something and that's what ends up triggering you see what the habit is and see if you can replace it with something that's healthier especially if you can do it at the same time so a lot of people for example they'll fap before they go to bed and this this is really bad for you you end up staying up late you end up like fapping with the like the connection built to sleeping and so eventually a lot of these guys who always fap before going to bed always end up saying the same thing like oh but i can't fap if i go to bed if i can't go to bed if i don't fap 
And to them, if, if this is you, just quickly, I, I've made a video about this actually ages ago. So you can just go search up on YouTube, like Hamza, I can't sleep if I don't fap, something like that. And I, I end up explaining this specific concept here of like, no, no, if you've built up the link of like fapping and going to sleep, now you can't go to sleep without fapping, right? But all you need really need to do, like I wouldn't even think about quitting porn anymore, honestly. Because it was only when I stopped thinking about it and I started to just think about the positive habits and then like the good things I wanted to add to my life. That's when I made real progress, honestly. So I think focusing on the negative, focusing on like the fact that, you know, we need to get to day 12 or something. I don't think that's good for you. I really don't. And I've got so many videos on my channel where I've explained this and I still want every man in the world to know this. I don't think it's good to see yourself as someone who's trying to quit porn. I don't think it's good being a guy who's on nofap. I really don't think it's good for you because by by the nature, think about it, by how you're identifying with yourself, you're, you're, you're literally seeing yourself as a guy who's got a problem that's hard. What we need to do is see ourselves as guys who don't even think about porn or fapping. Like it's not even a thing in our lives. Genuinely, I'm telling you right now, I don't get like the thought that I should fap it's not something that even happens to my brain because I'm not trying to quit fapping. I just don't do it. It's like, I don't go through the, d the day craving a cigarette, right? You probably don't, right? You don't go through the day craving a cigarette. You don't go through a day craving the next hit of fucking heroin or some shit, right? That's how you, like, you want it to be the same thing where it's like you don't even get the craving for it. And the way that you do that is by stopping obsessing over the negative habit of like, oh man, I really hope I don't fap again. And like, you know, get grabbing a knife and etching what day of no fap you are on your on your wall or something. Stop the identification with these, these bad habits and just start focusing entirely on the self-improvement that you wanted to do anyway. So whatever time you usually fap, whatever mood you're in, whatever like, you know, the environment's like, change it so that it's something healthy. It's, it can be as simple as like, whenever you feel like fapping, go do 100 push-ups. Go challenge yourself to, to do 100 push-ups. That's harder than it seems. It's way harder than it seems. You do this, you're going to build up a chest and also quit fapping at the same time. But in my opinion, something better is to do something very consistent throughout the day, like I mentioned with that military routine, so that everything is just set. When your whole day, like the pussies don't like this advice, but when your whole day is productive, you just have so much less space to actually care about watching porn anyway. And the myth of sex addiction by David J. David J. Lay talks about how Again, it's like, it's the support system, but this one actually went into a lot more about how, like specifically other people can kind of make us feel involved in our community to then we'll want to feel like, like fap less. So what I mean by this is this book taught me that, I want you to imagine right now, if you had a vibrant social circle, if you really did have good friends who are messaging you right now, like good friends, right? If you had a good family who eat dinner together every single day and they say grace and you know, like if you had a, this type of social circle and you had an awesome, let's say wife, right? You'd probably be a lot less likely to fap and watch porn. Often we're watching porn because of some kind of lack, aren't we? Because we don't have these things. Because we've got kind of like a broken family. We've got friends that aren't really that amazing. And you know, we're not even that close to our friends. We're not even like 100% honest with them these days. And we've got, maybe we don't even have a girlfriend or a wife or we're not even close to that. And so we're lacking a lot of like the tribal feeling that we were supposed to have. You know, humans were meant to be, on tri be in tribes of 150 for all of like our existence. We've always been in tribes. And in the last like 100 years, 200 years, we now live in cities and towns and villages that are packed, which have got millions of people. And actually we've got less people in our tribe because of that. And that's not good for us. There's a lot of support that comes from having a tribe. And so you should do what it takes. I've got some, some videos again on my, on my channel where I've talked about building up a tribe. And so you should try and do what it takes. The, the way I would explain this in a step-by-step -step process is start by learning some good social skills because a lot of people's social skills aren't actually that good. So keep this book next to you at all times. How to win friends and influence people. Keep it next to you. Go through this book and literally read this book like 50 times during your life, especially when you're next to other people. You've got a meeting, you've got an interview, you've got, you know, like this social occasion where you're going to meet some friends. Go through this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. 
start to level up your social skills so that you've actually got the skills to, you know, navigate like human relationships in a way that makes people feel heard. And, you know, people like to speak to you when you've got good social skills. So that's like the foundation. And then after that, honestly, this is something I'm very interested in. Try and find very weird, practical ways to build a tribe around you. So this can be as simple as like, okay, learn how to cultivate like a really good long-term relationship with a woman. That's awesome. Another one can be to improve your relationship with your family. Another one can be to, to develop some friends which are really, really close together. Really be honest with them. Develop secure attachments to people. And then like that's that's like level two, right? But my brain likes to go extreme. And so what I'm thinking about this on this focus of, of connection and this tribal feeling is to go to the next level and start to think of some like quite crazy ideas. Like how do we get that old school, like primal tribe feeling back? We need to live together. We need to meet each other. So I literally get these crazy ideas. Like what if we all got like a big ass compound? Like we, we bought out like 500 acres of land and we've got, you know, like a little shop in there. We've got a town and everything. Like, uh, like what if we make our own town or village is, is my idea. And it sounds silly, but like my, my idea was like, okay, we buy a big plot of land. We've, everyone's got like houses. We all vet each other. So we make sure that, you know, like we've got a secure attachment. We like each other. We see each other's values. We vet each other's wives and everything. And we build up like our own little village and make it really successful. And so that's like a crazy level idea. But the simple idea to that, which you might not have actually thought of just yet, but I actually like, I've gotten to the age where this is kind of important. It's to start to think, okay, where do you want to live to build your family? Not, not just, you know, to be a young guy, but to really start to think, okay, when do I want to have children and where do I want to live, um, raise them in what country, in what area, what city, what town? And then start to really think, okay, the step-by-step -step process would be for me to move there, make sure it's all good, have my child there and everything, and then really encourage people who are in my tribe, who I like, like my family or close friends, for them to get a house in the same town as me. Because previously this wasn't really like, this wasn't reasonable because everyone had jobs that they had to specifically go to. But these days it's like a lot of people are working online, right? So if you've got like, like I've got a community of guys who all work online. And so really like, it's almost like everyone's waiting for me. I'm probably going to be the, like the soonest guy to have children. I'm, I'm literally looking around right now to think where's the best place to raise children. And I'm going to get like a house there. I'm going to have like a lovely, a huge fucking family. I'm going to get loads of dogs and everything. I'm going to have like 10 children, bro. And then once I found the place, it's like when I really vet a guy and I really like his values and I think he'd be good for me, my family, my wife, then I will invite him into the town and I will like help guide him to buy a house nearby me. And obviously we'll like spend all day together. We'll go training in the gym together. And imagine then that okay, you do that with five guys or five families with your with your 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 own family, your own um, your friends and everything, right? And suddenly it's like you've actually got that old school tribe feeling where you can literally okay, you've got your own hut. You walk out of your hut, and then there's a guy that you actually like, and you can like be around. I think that's deeply important. I can imagine that kind of situation. Porn just starts to feel irrelevant. Go click, if you're interested in joining my premium community, which is really, really fucking expensive, so don't like get like offended if you're broke or anything, but if you've got a lot of money that you wanted to spend to get closer to me and to get closer to my private community, go click on the top link in the description right now. Do the hard, oh, my brain's frying, bro. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mwah.